0: Strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight's story is one of, as I just presented it to Robin, bad romance. And it's not just the Lady Gaga song, but rather a story of infatuation. I'm singing obsession. it in my head, but I can't sing it out loud because of uh, marketing marketing nope we would get slammed with those marketing rights robin but this is the story of one of history's most notorious narratives this is a story of carl tanzler do you know this one robin is the spell his name carl with a k or a c c nice okay yeah not like germany carl with a k but then back and forth because he has multiple names. So it's hard to really Just trying to figure out what location you're talking about. You know, you're not really gonna you're not really gonna pin this guy down. Okay. So I'm gonna give you a couple hints. He's a doctor. Or he claims to be. Yeah. <laughs> Tuberculosis. All right. And Key West. <gasps> wow, this is trifecta. Okay, cool. Do you know this story? No, I do not. So Carl's life started as ordinary as one can born in 1877 in dresden germany he grew up in imperial germany and does not seem that he was uh, you know very interesting as a child there's not a lot of information about his childhood but you know he was a little bit of an embellisher so it's hard to really know but it does seem that he did at least at some point have a particularly adventurous and eccentric spirit as a child he claimed to have been visited by the spirit of a dead ancestor by the name of Countess Anna Constatia von Kossel. Of course she's a countess. Of course. I mean, he grew up in Imperial Germany. I think he, you know, had a little flair for the dramatic. So he tells this story of a dead ancestor that came to him in visions. And this countess revealed the face of his true love. She was exotic looking, dark haired, fair skinned, this woman and her like face and that vision of her would become a lifelong obsession for Carl. So his life seemed to be a pretty interesting one, at least in the stories that he told as he found himself on quite the adventure as World War I closed in. He had traveled from Germany to India and on to Australia, where he planned to continue his adventures into the South Pacific. It was here, in Australia, that he was preparing for an epic journey to the islands. He planned that by living there, in the climate in the South Pacific, that he would better anticipate the needs of the kind of vessel that he needed to create to continue his journey. By some accounts, he was making a plane. By some accounts, he was making a boat. I don't know which is true. I don't know that anyone really does. But regardless, this man seems like he must be quite the engineer. So he was there in Australia when World War One broke out. He was taken into custody for, quote unquote, safekeeping, what? along with many other officers from other countries who were considered to be prisoners of war. You might say this seems a little strange. Like, why are they keeping him for safekeeping in a place that the same place that they're housing prisoners of war? The answer is that I have no fucking clue. I, I don't know. <laughs> like the story seems so bizarre to me, but at this point in his life, he is living under an assumed identity. And that is that of Carl von Kosel. So he's not living under his real name, which is Carl Tanzler. He's living as Carl von Kosel. So you can see he's a little bit of an eccentric, a little bit of a weird dude. This guy is known to be a bit of an embellisher. I mean, clearly, um, But this part of his story is actually corroborated by another person who spoke of actually being imprisoned with him in Trial Bay Goal, where he was imprisoned with a man known as Count Carl von Kossel. Count. Count Carl von Kossel. And that this man was supposedly assisting Carl in building a boat in secret with which they were going to escape. But they did not escape. This is just a little bit of, like, a little flavor. Because... That's not what this story is about at all. In fact, this story has very little to do with Carl's early life. I'm also wondering what kind of boat. I was like, it, I it, mean, it, it isn't. It,
1: it's a lot of money
0: and time some sort to of build a boat, a sailing vessel or so of some sort. I assume uh, a canoe. But then in some stories, I mean, <laughs> no, like you know, like a large. Yeah, how much money that
1: takes? And this guy is it, the guy is is in prison right now with. So other supposedly
0: you know, never claimed to be poor, exactly. Yeah, but he's
1: lying about his own name. So he's just carrying around suitcases full of cash. But I think
0: that this weird vision of this countess as a child has led him to believe that he's a count. Count, yeah. Man. I mean, all Con of man. all of this man's story prior to what we're actually going to get into is all conjecture. It's all really from his own autobiographical tales and these little intermittent, you know, corroborations yeah. from people But also, that he's with. like,
1: how long was he uh, held prisoner with the other prisoners of war? Because it's not like he can ask someone to build a, a boat in a couple of months. It takes at least a year so, or so. I
0: think he was there for over a year. Okay. all right. I'm not um, like, this
1: happened overnight.
0: But... You know, I just want to like rein us back in a little bit because this is, all of this is just flavor text, Mm. right? Because this is nothing to do with the story that we're we're really going to talk about. (laughs) Sorry. Um, The story has, (laughs) I'm really focused on
1: this boat making.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. And I just want to yank you back. Because the boat will never be mentioned again. So sorry. Because this story has very little to do with Carl's early life. I just kind of want to give you a good idea of the kind of person That we're dealing with. Got
1: it. Got it. Sorry. Got it.
0: So as the war is coming to a close, Carl and the other European prisoners were exchanged in Holland, and they were not allowed to return to their previous residences. So he was never allowed to go back to the home that he had in Australia, where his, you know, beloved vessel was that he had been creating before the war started. So upon his return to Germany, he set out to find his mother, of course, because he has not heard from her. There's no texting, there's no cell phones, there's no tagging yourself in an Instagram post. So his mom, he has not heard from his mother in years and he's been in a prisoner of war situation. So he wants to go find his mom. So he takes off and he finds her and she's well. Um, So he spends a couple of years just kind of helping her get like her shit back together. You know, she's been living in a war zone. So... It's around this time in 1920 that Tansler married a woman named Doris Schaefer and had two children. And at his mother's suggestion, perhaps still reeling from being in a war zone, she suggested that Carl take his family to America. So in 1926, Carl sets out for America. Initially, only he goes and he sails out of Rotterdam and on to Cuba, where he then emigrated to America, settling in Zephyrhills, Florida, where his sister already lived. He was later joined by his wife and two daughters. But Carl left his family soon after they arrived to take a job as a radiology technician at the U.S. military hospital in Key West. He took this job not under his real name, but under that assumed name, that alias, of Carl Von Kosel. So Key West is not a terribly surprising place for an eccentric person to end up. It has often been the home of those who walk to the beat of their own drummer, but it was also here in Key West where his life would take a turn for the incredibly strange. So now, small recap. This is Carl Tanzler, living in Key West, going by the name of Carl Van Kosel. He has seemingly low-level abandoned his family. Yeah. And to take this job as a radiology technician, I just want to make sure that everyone understands what a radiology technician is. It's not a radiologist who is a physician who is able to interpret radiographic information such as x-rays, CAT scans, MRIs. Mm -hmm. A radiographic technician or a radiology technician is the person who operates the machinery to create those images such as x rays, CAT scans, mm-hmm. MRIs. There's just a difference there. <laughs> so it was on April 22nd, 1930, that Carl's life would change forever. While performing a routine examination, Carl was introduced to Maria Elena Milagro oh, de no. Hoyce, oh, no. a young, beautiful Cuban American woman who came into the hospital for evaluation. Elena, as she will be known in this story, was the daughter of a local cigar maker and had two sisters. Elena was certainly at a tough spot in her life. She had been married just a few years earlier, but when Elena suffered a miscarriage, her husband abandoned her and moved to Miami.
1: Oh, what a dick.
0: I know, dick moves. Now, with her mother at the Marine Hospital, Elena is diagnosed with tuberculosis. This diagnosis was typically fatal, and the disease proved fatal for most of her immediate family. So now we have this beautiful young woman, fair-skinned, dark-haired, and she meets Carl. And what do you think? Well, of course, Carl thinks that she is the face presented to him by his ancestor in his childhood vision. The woman in front of him is the true love to which he was promised as a child. The Countess! The Countess promised me this soulmate, and this is her, Elena. She's here. She's 21. <laughs> He's 53. Clearly. it's a match made I've been made waiting for her my whole life. Not the same amount of time as her life, but my whole life. I mean, clearly. Clearly. So like I said, she's 21. He's 53. Just to give you a little bit of perspective. Mm-hmm. But upon hearing of Elena's likely fatal disease, her family is quite desperate. and Carl offers his assistance. So he claims a lot of things, but so let's just recap. Did I say that Carl was a doctor? No. <laughs> no. Did I say that Carl had ever been to medical school? No. Okay. So Carl begins to offer his extensive medical knowledge to Elena's family. I wasn't expecting to get quizzed during this thing, but all right. Uh, there's, there's questions. Jeez there's course. questions. Because yeah, it's fun. It, 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 for years I've known this story. And I've seen it in multiple different places. And I've often seen him referred to as doctor. Which is why you needed to kind of separate the fact that
1: he's going to be reviewing or making like doing the machinery of the CAT scans, the MRIs, and everything like that.
0: So for me, as a medical professional, I understand the difference, and I don't particularly care or think that one is better than the other yeah. by any stretch. But I think that your level of medical knowledge is certainly different. Mm-hmm. And like I said, in many th- places I've read, I've heard him referred to as doctor. So I went through his history as extensively as I possibly could, and I just found nothing that he was ever in both a doctor. Needs in both names, that he was ever a doctor, ever went to medical school. And it does say that his job was not as a radiologist, but as a radiology technician. Mm -hmm. And they're just wildly different. I mean, a technician is a technical job, right? A radiologist is an interpretive job. It is a behind the scenes. You look at the images. You are not with the patient typically. It's just, it's wildly different. So just kind of want to make sure that... So when he offers his medical knowledge to Elena's family and attempts to treat her at home, at their home, with a variety of medicine as well as x-ray and electrical equipment He's not a doctor. brought from the hospital and into her home. So he is bringing equipment and medicine from the hospital into her home to treat this true love. Carl showered Elena with gifts. He bought her jewelry, clothing, and professed his undying love to her. Does he blow a fuse? On a regular basis. Because he plugged that equipment into a fucking outlet. I mean. Like, please. Yeah. We're talking like QS in the 40s. I'm sure the grid wasn't great. Yeah. They didn't have the best of circuit breakers. Yeah. I'm sure he blew a fuse more than once. But like you know. It's okay. So it's, okay. It's, okay. Just, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor. But I'm a doctor. I'm here to help I'm a doctor. But you know the this family they're not. They're not pitiful, but they want help. And he's offering this That's a shame. seemingly high level help.
1: That's a shame. But yeah.
0: at the end of the day, there is no evidence that Elena had any feelings for Carl other than her own ill individual's desperation and hope that he would be able to cure her. She never reciprocated, though he tried everything. He was, of course, unable to cure Elena and she died of tuberculosis at her parents' home in Key West on October twenty fifth, nineteen thirty-one. I'm sorry, Lena. Tansler, then, of course, because he's poor thing in love. Remember, I'm gonna probably go back and forth. It Tan, Tansler is Van Kosel, Van Kosel is Tanzler. I'm also trying to
1: think, like the poor Elena, you know, her family wanted this doctor, quote unquote to come to the house and he's going to bring all of his equipment and medicine and try to heal her and everything like that and of course it didn't like it didn't work what was it it didn't work because of him or was it because she couldn't be saved or it was it because she lacked actual medical care that she needed you know it's like one of those it didn't things work. it's like it's just so sad the poor thing had to suffer you know
0: so it didn't work because tuberculosis was mostly fatal in the th- Yeah. They had huge hospitals in multiple parts of the nation. Oh, yeah. Uh, All around the world. (laughs) Like seven minutes away from here. (laughs) Yeah. Like just down the hill from us, not far away, there's a tuberculosis. And they were all over the place. And I mean, especially going through what we're going through now with COVID, I think it's, it hits in a little bit different way because this is as untreatable as tuberculosis was in this year in these years.
1: You know, the person that came to him and this is like the person that he was meant to be with. And he showed up to her home with machinery and medicine when he's not a doctor. Meanwhile, he's abandoning his real fucking wife. Sorry to use my language.
0: He's banning his real wife and family. Yes, to all the haters We mark it as explicit because we curse a lot. Yeah, so sorry. And you can write in your fucking iTunes reviews all you want about our bad language, but we wouldn't call it explicit if there wasn't a reason. I get very emotional with these topics. We get fired up. We are fired up, New Jersey ladies. And anyway, so yes, so we're in a shitty circumstance with Elena. She does pass away. this man this 53 year old man who has abandoned his family now believes that he has found this woman who is his soulmate and his eternal love and she passes away and so Tanzler pays for her funeral and asks permission from her family to have a mausoleum constructed above ground (laughs) in the Key West cemetery
1: (gasps) Oh, oh I bet that's glorious though
0: I know, right? I know. You know we are,
1: oh, total cemetery oh, girls, and I have mixed
0: feelings. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh. Ew, I just feel oh. like I feel like a mausoleum in Key West is really cool oh, looking. It is. That's so cool. Um, <laughs> but so every night, Carl goes to Elena's mausoleum, and he sings her favorite Spanish songs outside of the mausoleum every night. But this is where the story takes a serious turn. So we know he's madly in love with Elena, right? But she was not so much into him as she was, you know, mostly dying of tuberculosis and was probably not really looking for a date at the time. <laughs> she's like dying of tuberculosis. So she's not interested in like hooking up with this old yeah, radiologist. So during his nightly vigils... Carl said that Elena's spirit would come to him and tell him to release her and take her from the grave. What? So eventually, Carl's nightly vigil was not enough for him. And at some point in April of 1933, Carl crept into the cemetery and removed her body from the mausoleum. No, he exhumed her? So she had been interred there for about a year and a half at this point. Oh, no, 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 So he carried her out of the mausoleum. Girl. And through the cemetery. And he did this on a toy wagon. <gasps> like a radio flyer? I That's my thought. Oh it's my God. all I can see in my head. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he went ahead and, you know, took her took her back to his house. So now he has her at his house. And what do you do with a corpse that's nearly two years dead?
1: At his at his house with his family.
0: Oh, no, his family doesn't live with him in Key West. They're like in some other part of uh, Florida. That must be nice. OK, so it's just him there in his house in Key West. And now he's gone to get his two year dead like soulmate out of her crypt. And well, here we go, people. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> it's it's going to take a turn and don't say you weren't warned. So, the first thing he did was attach her bones together with piano wire so that he could create a uh, so he could pose her in a variety of positions like a, you know, like a doll or a puppet. He also wanted to look lovingly into her eyes. But you know, There probably weren't any eyes left after two years of being dead. So he just went ahead and popped some glass eyes in. Do you think they were the same color? I think so. I think so. I think he would have... I think he is a a person who would have made sure that they were the same eyes that he could look into. Can you
1: imagine him at, like, a counter at, like, a shop and be like, Oh, no, those are too light. Oh, yeah, no, those are... Oh, no, 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 those are perfect. All right, I'll take those. But can
0: you... But Even more so, can you imagine the guy who's like, well, she had brown eyes. Mm, I would have preferred if they were green. So let me just go ahead and change that. (laughs) Like even more fucked up is like, let me just go ahead and fix her up better after she's dead.
1: Oh my God. Oh God.
0: (laughs) So this story will only get grosser from here as nature continues to take its course. So as the skin began to break down, Carl would replace it with pieces of silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris also as her scalp decomposed and her hair fell out he fashioned a wig made out of the hair that he collected as it fell out of her head then just to make sure that you know she felt more real and full he filled her abdominal and chest cavity with rags so that they would maintain their original shape like making himself
1: his own sex doll.
0: He used a variety of disinfectants, perfumes, and preserving agents to mask the odor and to halt the decomposition of the, the body
1: odor. Oh my god!
0: I mean, of course. I mean, at a certain point, it does stop I stinking. I, I think I you I know, know, know. mummification yeah, and but, all, but uh, <laughs> so he also dressed her in stockings, dresses, gloves, and jewelry.
1: Though so he he went to purchase these items.
0: Oh, 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 yes. Yes, he did. So you may, you know, like, what? what's he doing with her there? Like, you know, what's he up to? What's he up to there? Well, he lived with her as a wife. Uh-huh. She remained in his bed at most times. Unless, of course, they were dancing. So, yes, you can just let your imagination place, like, run wild. As people see through the curtains of this man's home, him dancing with what looks like a woman. And they think oh my God, Carl's finally found someone. That's so nice. Or you might think of him going to the store and purchasing perfume, stockings, gloves, ridiculous amounts of air freshener. Never
1: feminine products though, right?
0: Never a tampon. Never a tampon. She'll never... Never a tampon or pad. Never need a
1: maxi pad but I'm sorry that's all for the but
0: incredibly inappropriate robin and jennifer you are bad, isn't, it's
1: inappropriate girls. but you know if he's out buying things for his wife like you know when she never leaves the house Where apparently he's only she buying the fun shit leaves the house he's o- he's only buying food
0: groceries and the fun stuff exactly just saying so you know he's at the stores and the people from the community are thinking Oh, my God, he's finally met someone and he's moved on from his weird obsession with the dead girl because he's not in her grave anymore, like singing songs. So they're like, you know, it's a small community. And rumors began to spread that maybe he was participating in something more sinister. And word of these rumors eventually got back to Alina's family. And in October of 1940, some seven years after Carl had absconded with Lena's body, her sister Florinda confronted him about the rumors. And there, in Tansler's home, Florinda discovered the decomposed, stuffed, and preserved corpse of her darling sister. She immediately went to the police, and Tansler was arrested and detained.
1: I don't know what I would do. So, I, I, I do not know what I would do if I would walk into a house... And saw my sister or my brother. It can work.
0: It can work always. It does. It could work both ways. I mean, with the right amount of piano wire, anything's possible. If I saw that. Whole, uh, I don't. I don't
1: know. I, I don't. I, I, I really have no idea
0: what I would do. I mean, what does one do with it? I, you know, like, it, I, it's, I, you, know, like
1: you, you just said that the first thing she did was like call the cops. I was like, are you sure that's the first thing that she did?
0: I mean, probably not. She probably ran out of there fucking screaming <laughs> like a crazy like, person and was like, oh, my God, he's going to eat me or some shit. Like a real like Buffalo Bill situation. I was like, oh, no. Eventually, she called the police. You know, within a reasonable amount of time, <sighs> she's like, uh, hey, this weird fucker stole my sister seven years ago.
1: Seven years ago. This guy had this woman. Who wasn't even a girlfriend, a wife, or anything. It was a patient. It was someone that he felt that he might have a connection with because the countess said that that was the woman that he was going to be with. He had no relationship with her. At all. Not
0: at all. None. None. He had no... He had, like, no... (laughs) Can you even imagine what the police must have thought? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Say what? I mean... (laughs) It's like... Can you imagine the police that caught this case... In 1940, how bizarre and absurd and gross it must have been to them. I mean, it would be today. I mean,
1: they see some, really you know? bad stuff. But this is like this is
0: I don't know. I don't know. Well, I will say for them. One of the first things they did was have him psychiatrically evaluated. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Which feels good. That feels right. That feels appropriate. But he was actually found to be mentally competent to stand trial. That does not mean that he's not insane. To be deemed competent does not mean that you are sane, but that rather you're actively able to participate in your defense. So, oh, you can be insane and still able to stand trial, yeah. right? Yeah. So he was charged with wantonly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing the body without authorization. On October 9th, 1940, Tanzler was brought before a judge to answer to the charge, but the case was eventually dropped as the statute of limitations had already expired for the offense. After Elena was removed from his home, she was examined by doctors and pathologists. Oh, no. And what is the question oh, no. that you want to ask me?
1: Oh. Just go ahead. Was well, she sexually assaulted?
0: So there we go. Well, I mean, that is, I would say, probably the only like the question that burns most deeply. She's living in his home. She's sleeping in his bed. I mean, she's not sleeping, but she's. I guess yeah. In his bed,
1: she's she, she is. Her cavities are filled.
0: Right, and she, you know she's they she's he's maintaining her shape for and a snuggle? her skin and it's for a snuggle right like why else does she need if she's just gonna lay there for a snuggle for a spoon for some spooning for some dancing for you know looking nice in a stocking so at the autopsy they did discover that a tube had been inserted into her vagina to allow for sexual intercourse but these allegations did not surface, actually, until 1972, when two of the doctors who had been present at the autopsy brought this information to light. So, Tanzler was actually never tried with the crime of necrophilia. There was nothing in that tube? So, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I wonder if they investigated for that at the time. It's like, are you telling me there was nothing
1: ever in that tube? Like... Okay. Kidney. I mean, probably.
0: Kidding me? But I do wonder if they were just so appalled by the whole situation that they just wanted it to go away. Like, I think about the doctors and the medical examiners, coroners, whoever is there.
1: Do you think that like investigating a rape kit on a decomposed body is
0: is kind of disrespectful? More than that, I think that there's a few pieces to that that I wonder. Like, part one, she's dead. Part two, this is 1940. They barely believed in rape baseline. Uh, Part three, them like doing an examination of a woman's vagina. They probably would have been a little turned off baseline, Mm -hmm. much less like somebody who'd been dead for seven years or so. So I just feel like they probably weren't concerned with trying to prove that crime. I think they are probably more like trying to figure out the preservation techniques and kind of were like, well, whatever, she was definitely dead when he did this and we're well, not also, interested.
1: he exhumed her from the grave without any permission. Exactly. <laughs> like, held her
0: in his house for seven years. So, after they investigated her body, Elena was eventually put on display in the Dean Lopez funeral home where over 6,000 people came to view her body. Why? I do, I do Why were they? As, like, morbid curiosity. but Elena was eventually returned to the Key West Cemetery where she was buried in an unmarked grave <gasps> to prevent any further visits from any suitors. Interestingly enough, the public was not so much horrified by the case as they were sympathetic calling Tansler a hopeless romantic. Ugh. So how do you feel about that Robin?
1: She was uh, put on display. Um, which I feel is awful. And then she was put in an unmarked grave to prevent other people from getting, like give her the proper burial that she deserves. That poor woman went through enough. I, I no, Like, are you kidding me? An unmarked grave is very disrespectful. She had a proper grave to begin with. She was taken out of it without her consent. Put her back. Without her family's consent. Put her back.
0: That's very disrespectful. I'm very, very hurt by it. So the whole thing I find that I find it offensive that people believe that this man was a romantic. I find it. That's like saying a stalker is romantic.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, do you look at a cemetery? Can you see everything that can be exhumed? Exactly.
0: Like they're all over so the place. It's blaming the victim at its finest. And to me, I consider him not romantic. I think he's a fucking rapist. Absolutely. And this woman was sick and she was ill and she wanted help. And he pretended to have medical knowledge that would save her so that he could get closer to her and her family. So that she would reciprocate his feelings. It's all about manipulation. It was about a power trip. It was lies and manipulation. And... She never reciprocated his feelings. No, this is a one-sided relationship. You said that from the beginning.
1: She never once reciprocated, and he just kept on following through. And do you think that his power of being a quote unquote doctor with his parents made it seem that it was okay for him to do what he did? But like, oh, it's fine. I, I know the family. I'm, I'm, I'm a doctor.
0: Exactly. It's like those kinds of things, especially in that day and age, would have garnered him so much more authority than he deserved and this was a one-sided relationship that certainly breaks so many boundaries it breaks the boundaries of medical professionals as a man as an older adult as a father as a fucking human like this is a man who probably had daughters elena's age like it's it's gross so deeply And he chose to fulfill his desires for this woman, and honestly, only her body, because she was never in a relationship with him alive. He
1: injected a tube in her vagina so
0: he can have sex with her. It was all about that image and that face, and he decided that she was who it was, and he did horrible things to her body. That part was not investigated. Because during that time,
1: that wasn't something that they would investigate.
0: I mean, I, I, that's what I'm imagining because I just think, like, why wouldn't that have been a problem? And then, but eventually in 1972, two of the doctors who were actually in the autopsy tell the story of this vaginal tube. But it wasn't in official documents. So you wonder, like, Are they did gonna, they make it up? Are they going
1: to, you know, do it again? Are they going to examine her again? Are they going to... Take her out of this unmarked grave, re-examine her fucking vagina tube, and see what's going on. definitely not. You know, it's just, it's, it's,
0: this poor woman, this poor woman went through enough. I think, like, she never loved him, and she never would have wanted him to sit outside her grave singing songs. It's not like me and my husband, right? Like, like, if he decided to preserve me, like. You might call that romantic, right? Like, There's a lot of stories in history. We've done stories in history where kids exactly, have... The corpse bride. Right. But those are people who had real relationships. Like, it, he just wanted to possess her as, like, a thing. Because
1: some woman apparently told him... Uh, a countess.
0: Yo, he just had a fever dream when he was a kid, man. He had the fucking flu. He had a weird fucking dream. Anyway... I still think about the fever dreams I had when I was a small child. They're some of the most vivid dreams of my life. And I get it. I get that they stick in your mind. But to go so far as to live with love, experience a life with a corpse, you're reaching like a different level, man. You also
1: had a family, a wife and and children, completely outside of this entire thing. Like you lived for seven years with a corpse in your bed. Whatever happened to your wife and kids? What's going on? Do they come over to visit? Do you not allow them in your bedroom?
0: I mean, I, to the best of my knowledge, he had little to no interaction with his family during this time period. But at the end of the day, Oof. this is a man who took what he wanted. He pushed past all of society's stops and all of the natural world's barriers in which he just had to own Elena. So, in 1944, Carl returned to the area near his wife, Doris, who continued to help him and support him during his later years. Doris. Honey, honey. (laughs) Girl. She's either a saint or a maniac, and I don't know which, but, like, get this creep out of your life. But it was also here that he penned his autobiography that appeared in a pulp magazine called Fantastic Adventures in 1947. The story was known as the secret of Elena's tomb. And his story continues. In 1950, he became a U.S. citizen. After all of this happened, he still got citizenship. Wow. So one might think that this is where the story ends. But true love must never die. And his obsession never really ended. And eventually, Tansler used a death mask that he had created to recreate another life-size recreation of Elena that he lived with until his death in 1952.
1: I mean, did did I not say sextile, like, from the beginning, right?
0: Uh, He made another one. He made another one. So some accounts of his death say that he died in Elena's arms, but his actual obituary said that he was found dead on the floor of his home. And still today, if you visit Key West, Florida... You can go to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, where they have a recreation of a link. I
1: actually really want to go to Key West. Someone
0: just needs to drive me. Someone really needs to drive me over that bridge. I know I would have to put you down to drive you over that oh bridge, but I just imagine, like, if you go to Key West as a tourist and you take your kids into the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, how do you explain this story to them?
1: It's part of Key West history, you know. It's,
0: I mean, it definitely it's, is.
1: It's a story to be told.
0: Yeah. So that is the story of Carl Tanzler, a man whose obsession took him beyond the limits of the grave. Just another Notorious Narrative. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, there are a couple of things that you can do to help us out. You can leave a positive review wherever you're listening now. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash Notorious Narratives, where you can access content that is exclusive for our patrons. And remember... Keep it weird and never stop exploring.